Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I'm your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Integrity Pro Consulting. What makes Integrity Pro Consulting different from other ServiceNow partners is their focus on organizational change management. Look, no matter what ServiceNow project you're deploying, you're affecting a large enough group of people over a long enough time that you simply have to think about organizational change management. It's one thing to complete the project, but quite another to have all those people integrated into their work culture, adjusting to the new normal. So if you want to have a discussion about that, check out the links in the description below. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Oh man, Duke, we are talking about the state of the union today. Quarter three, 2021, what is going on in the ServiceNow ecosystem? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. So to start off, why don't we talk about kind of what's up with Rome and what are your impressions, my impressions, and what does that portent for the next few years? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Rome to me is a continuation of ServiceNow's uh, latest ethos on cramming an absolute crap ton of innovation into every release <laughs> and we've seen this over the last several releases right but th this is just service now just saying okay you know what we're going to rebuild the platform for you and we're going to do this this way by giving you these things that are bigger badder better than ever before and yeah you can stay on your pre-rome or pre-quebec or whatever platform but you know, maybe not Rome, maybe the, the release after Rome. It's going to be really, really hard, right, to justify being forms and columns when you have all of these new tools that, that they're making available right now. You know, I said the same thing when I did my When in Rome YouTube series and my first episode where I did my first impressions, I called it the Holy Shift release. <laughs> 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 and I know it's like, not all this stuff is like precisely Rome. Some of it came Quebec and some of it is like just a precursor for what's coming in the S release. But it's the first release where I stood back and when I read their, their kind of like the top of the release notes, the cream of the crop yeah. stuff, I'm like, this is all stuff I know nothing about. And you even listen to Chuck Tomasi's uh, Breakpoint podcast, the one with Adam Stout. We'll have a link in the description below for those of you who haven't heard that one yet. Like, just listen very carefully to that episode, I beg you, and read between the lines because they're talking almost exclusively about new paradigms. And some of those paradigms replace current paradigms. So right. they talk about, Adam says something in that podcast about, there's no need to use update sets anymore. And I'm like, what? Because so what? What? Like, <laughs> I just built one an hour ago. Like, <laughs> And then there's the, I mean, he says it over and over and over again. UI builder, start practicing on UI builder because that's the normal now. That's not right. the newfangled way. ServiceNow is perceiving this as the normal. Now, how much do you know about UI builder? You know, man, I've actually tinkered with it a little bit. Right. Not a whole lot, a little bit, only because mm -hmm. I had a very specific use case with a client on Workspace. All right. And the UI builder, you know, is one of the one of the ways to kind of work with that. But yeah. not nearly enough to be effective. Right. Is the problem. Right. Like how much do I know? Not nearly enough to be effective yet. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, but it's on the list now. Right. Like it's, it's on the list and at the top of the list of things that I need to know. 
in order yeah. to continue to be effective, right? Because workspace is not going away. And UI builder now is going to is is another paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta know this stuff. It's no longer right click on a form and, and configure. I mean, yeah, you can still do that. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But I mean the possibilities of things like UI builder open up for you now, right? Like I uh, just I mean I, I mean the customization there, the, the ability to like build custom UI experiences. Right. I mean, and, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. And just to that whole like custom UI experiences, what does that even mean? I, I, I'm reminded of that term, like, be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a long time ago, I think it was around the time where they did not UI 16, but there was like, was it UI 13 or something like that? UI okay. 14, where they had the, you know, you could do the split panel where it's like the forms on top, the list is on the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 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 vice versa. And it was the first thing with the bookmark bar and everything like that. Yep. And I was, I was just like a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like a huge mind blow for me. And I was like, Oh, we don't have to live in a world where the screen is a list or a form or a map or a dashboard. Right. Like why can't all of this stuff be a blended experience and workspace is doing that. And UI builder, I think is how they intend people to uh, do the same. But it's like you said, man, it's, it's the top of my need to know list and not in the sense of like, yeah, I need to know that. And I'm happy to go learn that. I'm like, you know, I'm in a blind panic of where I'm <laughs> going to find the time to go and learn. It's it's um it's a different energy for me. It's not like, oh, I'm happy to learn that. And maybe it's a part of my day job, too, so I can work it all out. No, I'm like, it's it's keeping me up at night. <laughs> yeah. Like how I'm going to learn that. And it's not like, it's not like it's just that I feel this release, especially. And I, again, we're not talking about precisely the day Rome goes live because this has been in the works for a while, but there's a definitive tipping point in my mind here. There's a definitive tipping point where it's like, it's not just UI builder. It's the new way you do source control. It's like the whole process automation is a different way of doing workflows entirely Um, and playbooks right? Apparently right. those are two or two, two different things, but work well together. I don't even, I don't, I don't even know what a playbook looks like. Yeah. I, I have not used that um, part of the system either. <laughs> yeah. And then they got this process optimization stuff, which can like essentially deconstruct your workflow and tell you what parts are taking the longest and all this kind of stuff. I, you know, and I don't, on, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's just like one thing. Like remember when service portal came out on that release, it was like, oh, all these things are getting, you know, uh, a facelift and everything's, we got all these cool features for stuff we already know. And then there's Service Portal, which was the big, huge, holy cow, everything yes. changed. But it was one thing. And now yeah. I feel like it's, you know, there's like 10 things, like on the platform alone. Forget the processes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's it is new functionality after new functionality after new functionality and not just new processes, right? So new processes mm-hmm. are a lot easier to consume, right? Cause you either know the thing or you don't know the thing, right? And if you don't know the thing, you can kind of say, I don't really need to know this thing, right? Like yeah. if you're a GRC guy, you're a GRC guy, yep. right? So if that was new to the platform, then you absolutely, you dive in there and you get it, right? But you know, when you start talking about things that are ultimately or ultimately will be fundamental to the platform like UI builder, right? Like that, you don't have an option. You don't have an option to stay in the past and work with the ServiceNow UI as as you have for the last 10 or 15 right. years, Yeah, right? Like you have to transition to the future. 
right? So you're no longer like we, and we've done an episode about this. Um, you know, how do you keep up, right? Like you no longer have the option on some of these things in, ter- in terms of questioning how you keep up and you have to find a way to keep up. Yeah. Right. Because some of this transition will leave you behind if you don't. Yeah. And this is like, it's, this is only gonna be half articulated. So I apologize to our audience in advance, but service portal was kind of its own thing, right? Its own niche skill set, And it was like, okay, everybody can work fine with their forms and lists and dashboards. And then when we need a whiz bang experience, mostly for the consumers, but also sometimes for the workers, we'll make a service portal experience and we'll send it to the service portal gal or guy, right. To get that done. I think that's going like, well, this service portal is not going away for a long time, if ever, right? right? But with this UI builder stuff, I I get the feeling that no matter where you are, you will also have to know UI builder because if you're the GRC person or the ITBM person, and you're trying to make an interface that works well for the processes that you are expert in, you're going to be using UI builder to get that done. Yeah, and UI Builder actually works in the portal too. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So you can create those custom experiences, you know, with UI Builder for the portal. So, you know, I mean, you you can't get away with this from this intersectionality of of these new tools and how they relate to the platform, right? Like you need to learn. These are now fundamentals, right? Like let's just, let's change the, let's change the conversation. These are now fundamentals, especially the UI UI builder, right? This is now a fundamental part of service now, right? Like it might not feel like it right now to you, but I guarantee you, you come back to this episode, you know, a year from now, you're going to be like, man, those guys, Hey, they're visionary. Absolutely. We're visionary because we're right on this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, projecting this into the future, right? Like, I think there's going to be a, a, a talent pinch mm. like ServiceNow has never seen before. Agreed. Like, everybody's like, what are you talking about, Robert? ServiceNow is like the magic button for, like, lucrative jobs. <laughs> and to some extent it is. But, like, nothing's going to pinch like the next couple of years are going to pinch. If they're saying things like UI builders, the new normal, like, we expect everybody to be building on this. I, and then there's new so- forms of source control where top people at ServiceNow are saying, hey, the days of update sets are over, right? Right. Like, man, in the last few jobs where I did kind of free-architect work, (laughs) (laughs) for those of you new to the show, freelance vendor agnostic architect, for-architect, the last few jobs, I was coaching, like, junior resources at Partners. Like, this is how you do an update set. We're still arguing about best practices for that. And it's like, whoop. Gone. (laughs) but it's not it's not replaced this is this is the thing and what's going to cause the pinch this stuff isn't being replaced by simpler objects right it's being is being replaced by more powerful objects that are also more complex because of that power right right absolutely like we're not talking about you know service now you know um you're taking the the UI um, portion of the platform and then making it WYSIWYG, right? Like, I mean, yeah, to to, the, to a certain extent, right? The UI builder does enable some of that, uh, but we're also talking about making it way more complex, yep. right? We're talking to, we're we're talking about changing the fundamentals of how this thing works. Like from the all all in the past, like it's always been a form. The form had a split, right? You can embed like a list in it, 
right? Mm-hmm. You can have some related links, uh, related lists as well. And, you know, and so it, it was really a known paradigm, right? In terms of how you're going to actually uh, build for this thing. Yeah. That's all gone, right? We've just changed. It is, that's all changed, right? Like, you know, yep. all of that is is different. Like it, it changed with workspace, you know, and the, and the way that they kind of kind of gave you a glimpse of the future there. Um, and then and, and it's constantly evolved since then to the UI builder where now like we're just in a completely and totally different place. You think, and, is UI builder like the thing that builds workspaces? So you can you can use it to build workspaces. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I've done some of that work a little bit. Right. With um, trying to customize some workspaces um, to deliver things that you couldn't do. I, I say I, so from Quebec to from uh, Paris to Quebec, right? There are some some differences in workspace that the in that the UI builder enables, right? Some changes that you can do with things like CSS and stuff that you couldn't do in the past, right? So the UI builder does enable some of that stuff. Um, but you know the the full extent of UI builder, I have actually no idea, Duke. Like you know, I, I know that you can do some stuff in workspace with UI builder. That's kind of where my knowledge stops yeah. at this thing. Yeah, I think. Like all echo service now statements on the from the uh, from Chuck Tomasi's Breakpoint podcast, like get your hands dirty in UI Builder immediately. Like like maybe even press pause here and go start building on UI Builder. <laughs> um, because I'll tell you, remember when I said it's not being replaced by something simpler, right? And we got people in the Dev MVP program who are like burning the midnight oil, like trying to figure this out. So if you have people in the dev MVP program who are just like, that's easy. All you do is, you know, and they're, they're writing huge long blog posts about this is what this means. Here's what the things I was having trouble with. And I still scratch my head on these two other things. Like it's going to be hard to get everybody up to speed on this. And I think we're going to have to get everybody up to speed at this. I don't think this is the, the equivalent of service portal where it's its own niche skill. And so yeah. like bringing it back to the concept of a pinch, there was a time when it was just, you know, organizations were like, Hey, what's that person doing? Oh, well, they're not fully utilized. Great. They're the new service now guy or gal. <laughs> right. Yeah, or them. It's just, they're the new service now person. Oh, right. Okay. And it was like, okay, they, they would be underwater for a little bit. Three months later, they'd be a capable admin. A year later, they'd be a capable implementer. A year and a half later, they're on the free market. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, but now, you know, the stuff that a, a ServiceNow generalist, I'm talking about the person that would work for the customer, right? Yep. Uh, and uh, as the one ServiceNow person, I'd yeah. say the bulk of well, the We both still started our careers, right? Yeah. Like it's going to be way harder for them that the stuff that they have to keep control. Like when I was coming up, it was catalog and business and, and like the basic building blocks. Now you're going to have this UI builder. You're going to have to think about instant scan. If you, if you want to keep this thing healthy, right? You got your process automation and flow designer and all the new Devi bits that go into flow designer integration hub, the new error handling, it, it's it's a way way deeper technical skill set, and, and and let's be clear too, right? Like, because all of this serves to make the platform more powerful, so yeah. that it can do more inside of your enterprise, right? Like, all of this is is single 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 um single purpose built 
to to expand the 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 reach of the platform inside of your enterprise and and so thinking to yourself oh well those are new things but you know when i don't have to get to it right now you know that that thought is going to evaporate just as soon as you know you have a you know, someone, a stakeholder inside your your organization, see some of the new cool stuff, right? Like when they get that email, yeah. come to this, you know, marketing webinar or whatever it is. And then they get, and then somebody shows off like this just really, really cool thing. And it's like, I, we need that right now. This team has this demand and blah, blah, blah. And you, I don't know how to build that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy how much veiled power is yes. on the platform now. And it's yes. just, I, I don't even think the market fully realizes like because because they're busy, right? Nobody's saying like, oh, well, ServiceNow admin, I guess you can just, you know, do whatever you want until the next batch of ServiceNow requests come in. Like, no, every, every ServiceNow team on the planet is basically balls to the wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, but you're still getting the, the, the big problems, the intractable problems like, oh, I'm really worried that, you know, Oh, we want to implement XYZ or we want to buy this app off the store. Oh God, what's that going to do to our upgrade process? Ooh, the, the new, the new release of service now is out. How many, how many months is the project going to be to do the upgrade? Right. Everybody's like, everybody has that latent fear, but we're, we're now two versions deep on the answer to that, you know, instant scan, which not only can you run as kind of like a big, kind of like the, the big, like, scan everything virus scan on your computer, right? That takes you hours <laughs> now. You just walk away for the day and come back later. No, instant scan can be run as a, as a point scan. Like, oh, hey, a vendor came in and updated a business rule. Well, run that past all our business rule best practices and tell me if that's reliable or not. Right, right, exactly. And you could have that basically like as a gigantic shield to your instance and a giant hedge against that worry of like upgrades. Because you constantly know, and this is not even ATF land. This is just, is what you're building right now, like uh, adhering to the practices that you want. And think about what that enables for you, right? Like that's the, that's really what this is about. What does that enable for you? It enables you to take code off the shelf, right? Plug it into your instance and know that it's safe, secure, and that it'll scale sustainably right inside of your instance. Yeah. That enables you to expand the functionality of that instance quicker, right? Which is going to be key, right? Like if it's already been key, right? Because I know if you're anything like me and your clients, you know, come to you, they're always looking to do more with the platform. It's always about doing more. As as I'm building something, they're always on to the next, right? Like yeah. as Jay-Z would say, they're always on to the next. And so you're trying to temper that, you know, that that relentless expansionism uh, that they're that they're showing without like, but you don't want to get rid of it, right? But you just you just kind of want to hold it and and kind of you know slow it down a little bit. Now this allows you to do this allows you to actually catch up with them. They're like on to the next. You're like that's cool. I actually know about something on the on the store, right? Like that doesn't cost a whole lot. That yeah. does exactly what you needed to do. Let's go and plug that thing in. We can instant scan, make sure everything works in sandbox or dev or whatever, and we could just get it out the door. You know, and th- those things like th- th- these tools are enabling those kinds of processing, right? So yep. that you don't have to build everything yourself. And I mean, it, it's, it's great for the platform. It's great for customers of the platform. It's going to be huge in the future as ServiceNow just continues to get more and more powerful, and we continue to just push 
But man, learning all of it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a tremendous upfront cost. Like I love Instant Scan, and I know two people in the ServiceNow community that know it to the extent where they can build their own like objects in the scan to test for things. Right. I know two. Dose. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, like. And but. And this is where I'm like, I get the heebie-jeebies because it's anything that's got an incredible upfront cost is a hard pill to swallow. It's like, it's too easy to say, well, no, it's, it's, it's easier or we have too much other stuff to do to worry about that. And, but you're going to have to, especially with instant scan. I wasn't planning on taking it this far with instant scan, but it's just everything's (laughs) coming together now with like when you've got way more processes, right? Like now we got field service management and financial close and on top of all the HR stuff and ITSM and each of those things are getting way, way deeper. Like I wouldn't touch an ITSM implementation. Like it's been five years since my last one, right? But I wouldn't touch one today. You have to go way deeper. It's not just like what's your category tree and what are your groups? It's way deeper than that now. (laughs) So Man, was like but it still ways. takes a long time to get through the category tree and the groups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's say you just do like three ServiceNow process areas. You're already beyond what one ServiceNow generalist can get to. Right? Right. So you've got the process areas and the and the text specific to those process areas. Then you've got this exploding width on the platform. Right, command line interfaces, flow designer, process automation, process optimization, ATF, blah, 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 blah. Like there's going to be so much stuff. You are going to have to depend on vendors to fill the gaps. You will, you must, it will be a key. The people who will do have the best ServiceNow implementations will be those who can have the widest and most carefully groomed relationships with their ServiceNow vendors. Right. With their partners. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's critical to do the upfront cost of that platform stuff, especially with instant scan and ATF, because you're going to want, like, if you're going to have like two, three vendors in at a time, you're going to want to make sure that they're standing up to your standards. You know, I feel like we just did an episode on this one, Duke. We did. (laughs) Standards. Hey, listen, like pause, check the description below. There's another episode we did on like all the different architectural standards you should have in place. It's going to be critical because you, like, I don't think companies are going to be able to do this on their own, or at least if they only have one or two kind of like ServiceNow people on their team and they're not going through this big vendor route or partnership partnering route, it's just, you're going to have to be satisfied with a much smaller value prop for ServiceNow. So, you know, that makes it kind of scary when you think about it, right? Because in the past, right, as a single, you know, um, resource, tech guy extraordinaire, right? Like I get dropped, you know, service now in my lap and before that, like magic and, you know, and, and I get the task, figure it out. Right. And, you know, that's, that's, that's fine with me. That's right in my wheelhouse, figuring stuff out. Right. So you figure it out and you get good at it. Right. But, you know, right now, like if that happened to me, it takes me a lot longer to figure it out now than it did 10 years ago. And, you know, and that, that's not to say that, yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. Right. I do know, that ultimately, right, like the spin up cost then for my company, you know, to have service now, you know, that, that return on value that you were saying, Duke, you know, that 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 um 
it, it takes a little bit longer before it gets realized. You know, in the past, you can probably spend, turn something around in three months or so. You know, now you, it's probably closer to nine, maybe, you know, before you and, and that's but I, I think once you get past that initial hurdle, right, of learning these tools and being effective with them, everything else becomes easier. So it is a, uh, an increased startup cost, but the payment down the line is increased value delivery right over time. You just got to get there first. And, yeah. you know, and if you're if you're doing this right now as a profession, right, and you're spending 40, 50 hours a week with a client or, or in your day job. Right. And then and you're also being tasked with, you know, coming up and, and learning, you know, InstaScan UI Builder, you know, how all the new source control stuff works. ATF process opt- optimization, et cetera, like on and on and on. Right. If you're tasked with trying to learn all of that stuff while you actually do the day job, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's one more thing. Like, it's funny. Like, I've been saying it for so long. Go deep, not wide. But every episode, I'm like, well, there you have it. You should go deep, not wide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like I haven't even fully convinced myself yet, but it's like every day a new thing for that. I just um, don't think I don't think wide is, is going to be an option anymore. And and the things that we're talking about now, they are they're, they're they're table stakes, right? They're not even the definition between deep and wide. These are table stakes. These are must yeah. haves. I mean, dude. Like we just saw in the past two years, they did like, oh, certified master architect. And everybody's all like, oh, those are the top of the top of the top. And, you know, I mean, you got to have six certs to ju- to, to, to apply, right? Something right. like that. Something like and that. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, surely they know everything. No, because you know what? Now they have a certified technical architect. Right. Like they're even making a distinction between master architect and technical architect now. Yeah. Like I- I'm sweating. Like there's whole swaths of the platform where I'm just like, you know, I've just got to be fine with not ever knowing that. I'm never going to be the CSDM, CS, CMDB guy ever. Right. <laughs> like ever. And so this just, again, speaks to um, you, you've got to grow up an architect in your organization or rely on somebody like Corey, a freelance vendor agnostic architect, right? And get your processes and standards right and plug the talent in and out in real time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's probably where we, where we're headed now, right. Where you you have to look at service now as a program that you manage and, and not necessarily as just a platform or an application, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it comes to the point now where you're going to be plugging in and out expertise based on what you're trying to do with the platform. And it's just going to be easier, right. To, to bring in folks, um, who have that expertise or even employ folks who have that expertise, if it's an expertise that you need over and over and over again, right? It's just going to be easier to kind of target those those silos than to find someone who was broad based enough to kind of handle everything. And, you know, and, you know, kudos to us who are broad based enough to handle this kind of stuff. Right. Because, I mean, our market value just doubled or tripled, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's also great. Um, but, you know, it, let's let's be real. Right. It's also not necessarily something that's going to um, that, that you're going to find very often out there in the market. Right. And, it was already rather rare to start with. Yeah. And folks, please spread the word on this. OK, because I see a lot of job wrecks lately, especially since I'm kind of doing some recruitment stuff on the side. But I see job wrecks all the time now that are like you should know ITSM, CSM, GRC and SecOps. 
and this is for like a mid-level position. I was like, dude, that is not like <laughs> nobody has that and is middle of the Okay, sorry folks, we had a bit of an interruption there that we had to edit out. So we kind of lost our place. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I wanted to go with. I know what I want to run with. Okay, so if, if they accept what we're saying, Corey, that we won't be able to ca- encapsulate everything that's ServiceNow in even one or two or three people. And if they focus their efforts on having a good architecture program and just plug vendors in and out as they need them, what do you think the future is holding for finding vendors to plug in and out? Plural, vendors, plural. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that... <clears throat> You know, I, I think one, right, like like I said, we have to manage the program, right? Like you got to you got to make sure that you're able to that you that you have a, a system set up, right, to be able to plug these vendors in and out uh, that, that you, you know, have somebody who can actually advise you on whether or not the vendor is the right vendor for the for the expertise that you need. Right. And and I, and I think, you know, the 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 time of the generalized partner, right, is, is going to be diminished some. Right. Where you're now going to probably where I think personally, like these boutique partnerships um, that have cropped up because, you know, you have one or two um, service now um, re, um, uh, consultants out there who are really, really good in, in an area, something like, you know, New Rocket over um, in the portal space. Mm-hmm. Right. They crop up and they, and they become like the de, de facto experts at portal. Right. You're going to you're going to see a lot more of that. And, and we're in and a little bit less, I think on the Accenture front where, you know, this uh, mammoth kind of uh, partner who says they can do it all and they re- they're really just okay at all of it and not necessarily excellent at any of it. And not to call out Accenture as not excellent or anything like that, but I think you all get the point. Yeah. And I think <sighs> this is the doom and gloom episode. Maybe I don't know. Like, <laughs> whenever, okay. So when you hear me say hard, I want you to hear opportunity. Right. Right. Hardness, difficulty, chaos is always opportunity. Okay. So I think it is going to be harder for customers to go out and find like a specialist partner. Right. Because I think the last three, five years maybe has shown us that specialization is the way, right? If you want to ramp up a services partner in a hurry, like don't nobody's starting a service now partner today from the ground. Right. right. And saying we're the new service now anything partner. Right. Because you just technically it's impossible with the width of the program. Yeah. So the, like the people who are good at this now started like three, three to five years ago saying like New Rocket. Hey, we're, it's portal, 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 only portal. And then on the side, we're doing some portal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then you have uh, companies like Genus. Right. And they're like ITBM all day long and only ITBM. ITSM. What's that? I don't care. ITBM. Yeah. Right. And then you had like Fishbone Analytics in Westbury, where it's just it's only performance analytics and people were niching down like crazy and growing up these hyper specialized partners. And what's happening today? Like venture capital is coming and putting all of these things under one umbrella. Yeah. Right. And yep. so like there's a like there's a company I know of just swept up. It just went and bought an analytics company, bought like a portal company, bought uh, a, a GRC company and then rolled it into a much larger entity. So that happens three or four more times. And now all the hyper-specialized partners are off. Like they're not there anymore. They're part of some other umbrella organization. So hopefully these venture cap 
orgs are listening and maybe like keep these brands alive. You know what I mean? Even if you roll them under the same corporate header, keep the brand alive so people know like, hey, I need to get to the last word in Portal. I'm not interested in a generalist that maybe has one Portal person. Yeah, and look, I mean, and this this kind of sparks a, a, a greater um, a greater conversation in my head too, right? Because you know, there's there's this thing um, with with founder led companies, right? They got the mission. A founder has the mission. That was mm-hmm. the person who who saw this opportunity, who had the passion for it, who created something out of nothing to target this really this issue, right? To scratch this itch, right? And then when that acquisition happens, like. That, that umbrella company needs to do whatever possible, right, to make those founders happy, to keep them happy as long as possible inside of that umbrella so that they don't lose that magic that they acquired that, that boutique firm for, right? Because you don't want to end up in a situation where you've acquired a company and that company is, you know, has the, the name and brand of being the best in X, but all the people who made that happen are no longer there. I can think of a couple right now who are, who are shells of their former self, right? You know, um, that, you know, after an acquisition, because all of the people who made the magic happen left. Right. So you got to make sure that, you know, as these kind of what I like to call mega partners, right? Like they're not like the Accenture level where or Deloitte level, like that big four level where, you know, these guys are you know overseeing like billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But they are much bigger than that boutique level, too, where you might have like five or ten folks. Now, you're, we're looking at, you know, companies that are probably still in the you know, about a hundred or maybe a more, you know, employee level, but, you know, they're now at that mega partner level and they have all of these boutique firms under them where they can have this expertise, or at least they're branded to have this expertise. You just got to make sure you keep that, you, you, you keep that level of expertise handy, right? It's got to stay yeah. with the brand. Otherwise right. it, 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 you know, it does you no good to spend all this money and do make these acquisitions. If you know, your reputation falls apart in a year or 18 months. Right. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, just you know, as you've always already continued to do vet everyone, vet everything. Right. And, and, and you know, focus on the people who, you know, do the job well and yep. not necessarily on, you know, whatever brand that has been you know recommended for it. That's right. And just keep keep your mind focused on. Oh, what's the concept? This concept already Siam, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Integration. It's, it's like. No company can do it all on their own. You will right. have to have a paradigm where you're plugging and playing people, right? And and they will fulfill a purpose in your vision and roadmap. Dirty and, little secret, Duke. Was that already? I said dirty little secret. It's been happening for the entirety of the service now, like ecosystem, right? The entire life of the ecosystem has been yeah. plug and play behind the scenes. You might not even know it. Somebody you worked with that you think works for X is probably just wearing their t-shirt today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, so you're talking about the fact that a lot of vendor companies use independent consultants to fill the gaps. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of those independent consultants went on to found those boutique firms that yeah. specialized in X. I'm just saying, like, the, the organizations were, were, I think, the motivating force. When you had a ServiceNow resource at a company, it would be do what we can, and then we have a partner that guides us and supplements us right but it was almost like our service now resource is a is a what's the word i'm looking for 
is a part of that vendor's work that they do for us. You know what I mean? Like our person attaches to our vendor and the vendor does like a top level leadership as well as mostly execution. And we do what we can with them. That paradigm has got to change. Cause that's, that's how I came up when I was at, you know, my first service now job, we just got a big partner, like probably the big partner at the time. You know what I mean? And I felt like everything I did there was kind of, as a sideline to what the vendor was doing, that paradigm has got to change and it's got to be, no, you have to have, you're the command and control and the visionary aspect of it. And you, you set up your program such that these vendors can plug and play and you won't use just one. You just, you won't. Yeah. I mean, that takes us back to last week's episode, right? Product owner bootcamp, right? Yeah. Like th- this is all about program management at this point. Right. Like, you know, you need your you need a great product owner. Right. You need a great service now architect. Right. And you need to set up your service now program so that when your vendors come and go. Right. They're plugging in and they're delivering work that based on the way that you define it. Right. Like their their excellence should not should not be impacted by the way that you set up coding standards or vendor documentation standards or anything else like that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they bring in expertise. And that expertise should be able to work with the fact that you want to promote your update sets directly from dev to prod rather than dev to test the prod, right? Or that, or directly, or they should be able to deal with the fact that you actually want documentation on the features that they're building, right? And yeah. that you're telling them that up front and that you're also providing a sample on the format in which you want it built. <laughs> yep. yep. And it's, it's remember the, what we talked a long time ago, like, who's the alpha? Yeah. Like the reason you want to you want to take this on for yourself and fight viciously to to show that this is your capability, this is not your vendor's capability, is that as these teams amalgamate and you know form new mega partners, right? They're going to come in. They're going to have their tip of the spear experts who have a huge amount of talent and expertise. No denying oh, yeah. that. But company X is going to do things a little bit different than company Y. And if you're a customer and you bring in both these companies, now you've got like, you know, conflicting standards and approaches that are right. going to color what your instance comes out as. So it's like, no, you have got to be the tip of the spear. You have got to do the command and control and treat them like they are component pieces of your work, not the opposite way around. It's got to be a big mental switch. Absolutely. 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 I mean, you, yeah, you, I can't emphasize that more. Right. And and look, you know, we've we've focused a lot saying, you know, on these these bigger these mega companies that you're going to bring in. But, you know, this is interchangeable, too, for, you know, independent consulting experts as well. Right. Because not everyone's going to want to work at a mega partner. Right. And there's going to there's a lot of folks on the market who have, you know, made this niche as like a, you know, a architect sort of um, a level of skill. Right. But but sometimes that that expertise is not just in architecture. Sometimes it's in development. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got your GRC guy who is a process expert as well as a ServiceNow expert solely in the vertical of GRC. And you don't necessarily need to go hire mega vendor A when you can get this guy. Right. But at the same time, you need to provide that guy with your standards. Right. With yeah. your uh, expectations. Right. With your documentation needs. All of that stuff, it doesn't change regardless of which resource you hire. Like you own it. You have to own your platform. That's what we're that's what we're saying here. So like there's no substitute for owning and defining your platform and ensuring that whoever you're paying to actually help you are living up to your standards. 
I hear you, man. Again, like it, it might sound like we're doom and glooming here, but remember where there's difficulty, there's opportunity. And so like wherever you're at in the ServiceNow ecosystem, I think there's just, it's bleeding opportunity. If you, if you know a good, if you're an expert in a process, like maybe you did, did a couple ITBM things, like double down on that. Yeah. Get really good at that. If you like, if you just like the tech, man, find two or three things on the platform or maybe even just one and just go deep, really hard on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then if you're, if you were, if you're not in the consulting space, if you're like your, if you're like your customers, like your company's ServiceNow person, like elevate your mindset. You are not an admin. If you're the only person there, you're not an admin. You right. are an architect, right? Right. And and it's like you might be an architect in waiting, but you're an architect. <laughs> um, and you're start architect inside of the inside of the statue, right? We're just chiseling it out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and like go through the rest of our episodes. Uh, learn from that. Like you have to have that mindset and the faster you can do that, the better your company's results are going to be. Yeah. And the better your personal results are going to be. Right. I mean, at the end of the day too, like just bringing this back around to what we were, where we started, right. You know, on your lunch break, you need to be consuming whatever you can consume about whatever's latest in service now. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, our podcast, obviously, you know, um, but also like all of the new stuff, right? Like they that they just keep mm-hmm. dropping release after release after release, man. It's like like you know, Funk Master Flex or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there's something else, right? Like cons- on your lunch break, man, with your coffee, you know, whatever. You got a few minutes after the kids go to bed, like you know, pull up the doc site, right? And go through the release highlights and and dig into that some of that stuff. And if mm-hmm. you don't have an instance, spin up an instance on developer.servicenow.com. Right. Spin up an instance there and start playing with this stuff. Walk through the, the uh, a lot of the tutorials that they've built out now. Right. Like that yeah. you can go in and, and go through these um, kind of prepackaged um, lessons that kind of get you to understand and know the new tech. Right. Like get out there, understand what's what's being built and learn it and, and double down on it. All right, folks, we are at 43 minutes of record, which means we should probably start uh, thinking about wrapping this up. Um, <laughs> as always, I am co-host Robert the Duke Fedoric, and I'm Corey C.J. Wesley. And Corey, how would people find you if they wanted to have a deeper conversation about this with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn at Corey Wesley. Go ahead and uh, just send me a, a connection or whatever it is, a friend request or whatever you do on LinkedIn. Uh, but I'm out there and I accept most of them. So just go ahead and shoot me one. Say hey, you know, just want to connect and all of that. Um, I'm also at techvoyant.com where we specialize in practically everything service now, right? Um, uh, you know, my personal passions are with integrations and process automation and, and you know, ITOM and things of that nature. But I, you know, a, a, a contrary to this to this episode, right, like I do almost everything on service now. So <laughs> we'll see how long that continues. But for right now, you know, I'm pretty broad based and uh, I got a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, handle on most things. So, yeah, reach out to me there or on LinkedIn. And you can reach me at theduke.digital. It's a website, HTTPS, theduke.digital. And I have links to all of our CJ and the Duke content, my YouTube channel, ways you can get in touch with me, and my upcoming course, Hired, the definitive guide to building a profile that wins ServiceNow jobs. All right, we're at time, folks. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.